you know, I had something different planned for the podcast, but I feel like we should go deeper into this because I am actually worried for my life right now. If this this is something that uh, that comes to be. Good evening, Prashant. How are things at your end? Hello, hello. Um, good. Can't complain. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what? I don't know why I found that funny. I thought that you'll start with some monologue or something like that. He's like, no, no, can't complain. No, you do it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Oh, um, I was I'm usually uh, glass half full kind of a person, so you know. <laughs> People may disagree, but that's how I think about myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, how's crypto been treating you? Um, that's fine. I'm I'm kind of like uh, you know probably spending more time than I should on um, how macro will influence crypto. Uh, also, because the market is a bit slow right now, uh, mostly sideways, right? So um, yeah, um, I I'm 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 like. With everything that's happening in macro, etc., I'm getting more and more bullish on crypto um, for the long term, you know, uh, which is good. And if we do see like a debt cycle breakdown, like Ray Dalio predicted, that will just be great for crypto. But it may not just be uh, that good for uh, us as people because usually is, those things happen with the war. Uh, tell no, what can you expand on that? That's actually a cool uh, new no, word so, that you have introduced. From your finance, you know, you have these um debt cycles, okay? And um, as debt keeps so, you usually uh, economies get built upon credit and debt, right? Hmm. And then uh, debt keeps piling on and on and on and on, um, until it uh, becomes too much of a stress for the particular country or currency on which it is built, such that it breaks. Right mm. at the point of break breakage, what happens? Uh, typically, prior to the point of breakage, uh, this particular currency is like a global reserve currency for the world. Mm. It mm. was sterling before the dollar, and before that, you know, at various points, it was uh, either the Dutch currency or the you know Portuguese currency, etc. If as you go back in time, um, and those economies are super powerful at that point because they are technically the reserve currencies, you know. Um, so every time a reserve currency changes from one currency to another, it usually uh, coincides with this debt cycle bursting. Okay, mm. and uh, by bursting, you know, and and the burst happens whereby other countries are now um, um, wanting to replace this reserve currency, but this existing country is super powerful and does not want that to happen. And mm. this conflict is usually resolved with a war. Right. Mm. Uh, the most recent example was World War Two, World War One and Two. Prior to which, Britain or uh, pound was like the reserve currency of the world, quasi. And then post that, it became the dollar. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so, so that's what I mean. Like, I mean, we are, I think, uh, specific to the dollar at this point. It's still the reserve currency, still the numero uh, uno currency in the world. Um, mm. But if this existing um, crisis within banking implies that they start printing more and take on more debt on onto their own system you know then we are going closer and closer towards the bursting of this debt cycle because it cannot happen forever it's not a perpetual thing that any any economy however strong can maintain right so so that's what i meant by this and this was captured i'm sure and articulated much better than myself by uh, ray dalio who is mm. um, who is an og like one of the best uh, hedge fund managers out there <laughs> 
well on that topic that uh, this may be regrettably good news for crypto uh, the three greatest uh, english the three scariest words in english language have been uttered by the twitterati which is balaji was right so <laughs> have you seen this this is actually a tweet that's going around right now <laughs> this is like the scariest i was saying thing. he was right how how has the how has why are they saying he was right he he <laughs> predicted covid that, yes but yeah, yeah. so generally <laughs> oh, so generally when people uh, oppose a contrarian view that he puts out uh, it so happens that that view is right uh, yeah. and so uh, getting to the first topic uh, balaji predicts that a couple of weeks back that uh, and and also wagered a bet uh, with somebody who asked him to do so uh, on the fact that bitcoin will hit a million dollars in value in 90 days so i'm just going to stop there right like we i don't think discussed this on the podcast before because the last one we did was the emergency pod uh, yeah. with the cb crash and uh, i i really don't get macroeconomics in such a fashion as to say pinpoint that all of this will accrue some sort of uh, upward movement toward uh, uh, on uh, to bitcoin so uh, being the finance wiz that you are you should tell us what makes a learned man like balaji say something like this and should we prepare for prepare for this um oh yeah so so i think i mean he's super smart right and covid uh, he was brilliant in terms of how he dissected that entire thing and much before the world he kind of said that at the rate at which it is growing it is going to be an epidemic right and which mm-hmm. is what it turned out to be coming to bitcoin i think um i heard him on which podcast i think pomps podcast where um, he he's like you know i'm not saying that this will happen in 90 days i know i wagered a bet around it but you know i just wanted people to be aware that we are moving in that direction right and uh, this again goes back to what i uh, mentioned previously about uh, you know debt cycles breaking up and you know uh, there being like conflicts and people wanted to move to another form of currency to preserve value right and that's what he's also talking about he's saying um us is the only way they can come out of this this existing banking crisis is by printing more money the more they print the more debt they accrue and uh, you know if the banking kind of is uh, collapsing as we speak which is what he feels is happening then um there is a systemic crisis of confidence within the us on the us dollar and from outside as well and as you keep printing uh, to kind of uh, save this you are also letting inflation run loose because you are not technical enough we are cutting rates you are printing more and then inflation runs loose right and then what happens is you enter into a territory of hyperinflation hmm. uh, and what i what, what hyperinflation does is it just effectively makes your currency uh, worth nothing this has happened in the past with deutsche mark in uh, during world war 2 right hmm. or was it world war 2 or prior to world war 2 between actually it happened between world war 1 and 2 which is what kind of gave rise to the third reich um hmm. as uh, you know um, so anyways coming back to uh, balaji so that's what he's saying right i mean the way us is progressing right now with this crisis and how they have been tackling these crises or crises over the last uh, couple of decades implies we are moving towards a hyper inflating usd which means that uh, most of the assets we own which are denom- uh, uh, like if you are owning usd then you are at risk okay um, and because us usd is uh, reserve he can't see i don't think he sees any other alternative in the fiat world to uh, kind of you know replace the usd as such 
and therefore he's saying a very good um, again this is my interpretation a great way to insure yourself against such an event is by holding something like bitcoin which has fixed supply mm. right and um, he goes one step beyond that and says now that uh, even if you're holding bitcoin but if it is within centralized exchanges then you are giving these centralized entities control over what you hold um, and therefore own bitcoin and then take it into your own possession because this particular currency our currency allows you to do it right so mm. um i don't think he he heart hand on heart even he believes this is going to happen in 90 days uh, mm. but he sees the world moving in this direction right uh, to me when i look at it i'm like uh, he he definitely does not need the eyeballs he has a lot of eyeballs on him anyways right but i think he's just sending a message out there to me it's like whenever bitcoin hits 1 1 million if it does not if it happens within like any time in the next 2 3 years right it means that something structurally has broken in the system for people mm. institutions everyone to pile into bitcoin and uh, you know it may be good for people holding bitcoin but at the same time it may not be like a perfect world that you want to live in yeah somebody was saying that for btc to get there we'll need to have a market cap of something like 19 trillion dollars or 20 trillion dollars uh, yeah. at the supply that it, that exists like that and i don't think that money comes from retail it is the large goldman sachs and the bny mellons of the world that now say okay you know what we should hold another another currency to hedge yeah, and maybe central banks this. right and maybe central yeah. banks across across governments uh, start holding <laughs> but then you then need to ask why are they holding this against any of those other currencies right mm. uh, see that the other problem is as hyperinflation happens then you know people who are closer to source of money can keep protecting themselves by getting more and more money right but Hmm. the two tiered society just becomes so extreme that there will be mass there is undoubtedly going to be a civil war at that point um right. and yeah and you know uh, so that's what i'm saying when i when i say it's a very scary uh, uh, world to think about that's what i mean so almost like even if you are rich uh, because you hold bitcoin uh, then personal safety becomes a problem because uh, exactly you, know, you are the hacks at that point and they have not yeah and your and your money is not everyone knows your money is not at a bank it's with you <laughs> <laughs> right oh um then you're probably using that to buy uh, guns and like investing in bunkers and like all that stuff right and then yeah oh my god man it's such a bad view okay is there a silver lining somewhere here is there a way to avoid this in some capacity i uh, see i mean for for okay uh, if you come back to basics here in terms of how us or we don't go through this debt cycle uh, bust or you know keep elongate uh, extending it for as much time as possible um they have to kind of re- reduce the rate of growth of debt or reduce debt overall right um how do you do that you either generate more income by taxing more people uh, or taxing rather the rich people or you reduce expenditures like you know um, any sort of like social welfare that you're giving or third i think this is where i think uh, hopefully it comes out from is that technology is a savior whereby uh, we find new elements of technology that enable us to increase productivity in the world and if you increase productivity and the economy starts growing rapidly again right then that's one way out of this debt as well so this is these are probably the only ways that you kind of uh, get around this one and two is very difficult because both are highly political to kind of tax hmm. rich people or like even reduce spending right uh, that's highly political so technology hopefully is the way out of this by improving increasing productivity so are you suggesting things like ai and uh, you know the promise yeah. that it can hold 
yeah man that, AI, and, but, you know blockchain or even even energy wise right i mean um, can we find newer sources of energy that are a lot cheaper and more easily accessible globally so you know cost of goods comes down and then productivity automatically increases on the back of it as well what are the chances of this happening do you see that uh... oh, yeah the third one it doesn't happen overnight right the only thing that happens overnight is taxing and reducing welfare uh, third one does not happen overnight but you know with hopefully ai is kind of like um, um, you know a, a shoot a shot in that direction yeah but it's super early right like if, if you heard uh, sam altman's podcast with lex friedman where he talks about how do you think you would look at gpt4 he'd say that it would be a footnote in uh, uh, you know in the way uh, in the history of ai and what it can actually do because it's so rudimentary and in, in terms of the actual potential that it, uh, that ai uh, can achieve so i am you know i feel like as a crypto community we should actually be praying that the 1 million btc does not happen right because that yeah, means yeah. that the world yeah. is breaking Oh my God. I, I, I put put out a tweet exactly on that, which was liked by exactly zero people, but that's exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you um, go on to like you go on to Twitter and say something like that where uh, everybody wants their BTC to pump and you tell them guys, yeah man, for this. Web3 is way more way too capitalistic than what it likes to admit. <laughs> <laughs> um also uh, specific to ai itself right i think there was some some um, petition going around just yesterday that uh, some of the key uh, voices uh, want the amount of work that is happening towards expanding use of ai to reduce right so because they, they're not very sure where exactly this is going and how much um, of like a thinking ability it will have over a period of time and are we going towards skynet right no one is clear about it so yeah so run for the hills find a bunker uh if bitcoin goes higher by self defense things around your house and just hope like hell that nobody finds you yeah see i mean how much i hold on i'm assuming even you hold will like you know will i mean there's no point coming after us you know <laughs> <laughs> even that way that guy has more <laughs> exactly <laughs> So ROI so, of uh, coming after us is like you know negative probably. So I think we need to worry much. But yeah, I mean I don't think it's it's something we need to worry about immediately. But it's it's see it's it's a very good uh, reason why people should um, diversify into something like this, right? It's like uh, insurance or protection against um, um, yeah, not Armageddon, but you know apocalypse. <laughs> What's the difference, bro? It's the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Mad Max. <laughs> Mad Max only. Oh my God, this. You know, I had something different planned for the podcast, but I feel like we should go deeper into this because I am actually worried for my life right now. If this this is something that uh, that comes to be, why is this not a narrative that hey guys, like, why are you not worried about worried about uh, the implications of this coming true? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't. I don't see a lot of chatter around that. It's either like, yeah, this is wrong or this is right, but not about implications. Um, yeah, I see. Again, it's it's one of those things, right? Where um, it it sounds way too, um, I would say, um, outlandish to say something like what we are discussing here. Um, but if you look at the cycles the world has gone through, right? Uh, it's it's not. Um, we have seen this in the past, is what I would say. When when did we see this in the past? Yeah, like I said, right? The oh, World War One, World War Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. 
Okay. <laughs> it's really crazy. Have you been listening to Arthur Hayes? Uh, I feel like he's had the most, uh, I, and a lot of what you said is very similar to what he's he's been saying as well about, uh, but his 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 uh, reasoning ends at, hey, get out of the banks, uh, don't store your crypto on centralized exchanges, keep it with yourself and so on. Uh, but uh, yeah, how much do you trust somebody like Arthur Hayes? I love his writing. I think that he has, a lot to say, but this was the same dude who predicted a million dollar BTC in 2018 and 19, uh, which almost felt self-serving at that time. So when you listen to these influencers who, it's not the bombastic ones that I'm worried about, but these middle guys who actually make a lot of sense, uh, but at the same time have their self-interest there. Like what is your, yep. uh, you know, method of, uh, consuming this content and what do you take a, you know, what is your framework for taking the right things away from it? Um, see, anything that is mathematically provable um, hmm. is something I naturally trust. Anything that feels outlandish, immediately I go back to the source to see um, what is his or her incentive to make something like this as a prediction. If there is none, then, you know, you dig into it. If there is any element of conflict there, then, you know, uh, it's, it's very difficult to then uh, take it beyond that. And I I typically stay away from like uh, what influencers say um, towards mm. positioning myself in life or even in my portfolio, right? Because um, they are incentivized to say that. So uh, mm. it's, it's very difficult to then uh, take them at face value. Yeah, but I mean, specific to Arthur, I mean, he writes brilliantly, right? And, uh, and, and, uh, clearly a very very smart guy very well read very well traveled um but yeah i mean he does make a lot of um outlandish claims as well um i think i think the um some of the end goals or uh, the um, effects that he is suggesting will uh, uh, it's very similar to what we are discussing um but you know the path from here to there um, is is very uh, unclear mm. A lot of the things that he talks about is uh, in line with Silvergate and Signature and SVB uh, crashing. Uh, and, uh, you know, while, of course, there's this endemic bank uh, problem there, and uh, thereby there is this fallout that the US economy is not, uh, any economy that doesn't have a strong banking system doesn't necessarily, uh, all, almost always has flatline growth for the next uh, 30, 40 years. He took examples of, say, Japan. Uh, where uh, this the same thing happened in the 70s. Um, the thing that a lot of the crypto guys seem to be taking out of this, right? Like I, I spoke to, I was speaking to a, a fund manager uh, some time back, and where he was, I was asking him like, uh, you know, what the uh, what what is it looking like? And he said like, in the last month or so, uh, in the last year or so, he's had to switch his bank nine times. Uh, for the money that he had to take from one place, for some reason or the other, that the bank died, uh, or the bank right. then found out that oh, it came from, uh, you, you know, your source of fund came from a Hong Kong entity, so that's not that's not on. Another one that uh, yeah, you know, essentially says that got acquired by a larger bank which had an anti-crypto position. So oh, no, you're doing a crypto, uh, you're doing crypto, so that's not that's not possible. So there are two questions there uh, which I want uh, that that I wanted to kind of dig deeper into. One is, what is the impact of crypto outside of the fact that reserve currency changing and BTC going into it? Why do, in this light, why, you know, what is the government's problem with crypto? Uh, and uh, the second uh, the second thing, uh, which which I can get to in, in some way, but like, let's do this, let's do this bit first, right? Like, yeah. is there like a coordinated attack 
by the government to so shut down the to kind of uh, get rid of the endpoints, the on ramps and off ramps uh, uh, with crypto. And and you know, despite the massive number of problems that they have, this dude told me that they still found time to shut down the crypto things that were happening with these banks. So, do you see some sort of coordinated attack against crypto that the government is doing, headed by the US right now? Um. See again, I mean, uh, it it would feel like a conspiracy theory to uh, say that that is the case, and I think I would like to steer clear of it. Uh, again, mm. let's look at facts here, right? Um, and again, when um, one anecdote here is when I was um, at this Coin DCX Namaste Web3 event in Delhi, we mm. had regulators there, and we had like a very good engaged conversations, etc., right? And one of them, uh, not the regulator, but someone from the government. They mentioned mm. that you know blockchain is great, crypto is you know very dicey, and the fundamental reason for that is that it um, um, threatens the financial sovereignty of a country. Right? What that means is, say, specific to India, if Bitcoin or crypto becomes like the unit of exchange or the store of value, right? Mm. Um, then it is then replacing the INR, right? Mm. And then uh, and that's a very scary proposition. You can. Sit, we can sit where we are and say that you know yeah but you know we don't trust centralized institutions but we are people who have access to technology have had good educations and we have this problem but think of like the 95 percent of the country that is still reliant on the rupee and therefore mm. the central bank to, to kind of uh you know protect their interests right and that's a big mm. scary thing for any regulator or government um so right. i think that that is the standpoint that they pri primarily come from and anecdotally it has been mentioned by the the uh, person i spoke with right um, so, and it makes complete sense. Now, if you look at it from that sense, then uh, you can say that, you know, regulation coming in can kind of um, protect this uh, big risk that the of sovereignty that the government sees, right? Um, now, specific to the US, if you look at the three banks that collapsed, Silvergate was a direct reaction to FTX. Uh, Silicon Valley was just, you know, um, different different type of depositors that it had uh, way too high uh, you know uninsured deposits which just went for the hills um the problem i have is with signature bank right because mm. even until now we are not very clear why signature bank was uh, shut down it was said that there is contagion it was also mentioned that they had a type of like, crypto customers which uh, you know uh, was not um, i don't know what the words were exactly but it was never made very clear why this was being shut down right and that i think is uh, if you look at facts that part is where it, uh, you have to start you have to probably question a bit as to like why the government or the regulator did something like this and they're mm -hmm. not being very transparent about it right mm -hmm. um, so so that part is not clear so a very long answer to your simple question i i don't think it's very easy to just say there is a coordinated attack because crypto does threaten financial sovereignty but mm. you know there could be players who are uh, incentivized to protect their interests right and mm. uh, and and that is not something that um, is very easy to um, um tease out um, out of these um, out of these um, uh, situations that arise let me take my tinfoil hat out <laughs> keep it to the keep it to the side and get to some some work stuff uh you know uh, i think if, did you see the eigenlayer series a announcement that happened yesterday uh, yeah. so eigenlayer is this modular blockchain and uh, they were doing uh, they announced a 50 million dollar uh, series a at some 2 billion dollar valuation led by blockchain capital and lemnes cap and all of these large uh, all of these large funds that brings me to a fund question, and maybe we will be touching a little bit upon the industry insider stories uh, over here. Uh, but uh, 
coming back to Arthur Hayes, right? Like he's launched a new fund called Maelstrom, uh, and uh, he was on the chopping block with Hasid Qureshi and Tarun Chitra and Rob Lesnar, uh, and uh, he was. He said, the, "It really still cracks me up as to how open he was about uh, about this." Right? Let's say he's like. Okay, so Bitcoin is going to go up for sure. Uh, I think that there is a appetite for risk capital for people who want to be Bitcoin's group, right? And the way that who want to be what? Who, which uh, uh, for assets that can beat Bitcoin's growth, right? So, okay. Uh, yeah. So he's like, and the answer is tokens. Now uh, I can invest in a company. I don't know when I'm going to get an exit out of when I invest in equity. It'll probably have to do IPO or somebody will have to buy it. I don't have time to wait for seven years or not. So I've set up a family office that will invest in a interesting project that is doing some cool stuff, uh, and uh, I'll invest in a, a token. Two to three years later, they will do TGE. Uh, when they do TGE, the price I got it at and the price it hits the market will be so different that uh, I'll make an exit there. Uh, and here is the darnest part of what he said. Okay, and all true, all true. By the way, there's none of this is like false. He's like, it's not like I'm not going to invest in funny shit. Right. If there is, if there is something stupid that is going on that a lot of people are aping into, I'll be there because at the end of the day, they'll put a token out and I'll make my money. Right. Yeah. So the larger question is this: Are we still living in that world? Is this or and does this party stop? Uh, because anyone who's been privy to this, right, like the yeah. early stage investing, being close to the founder and all of that, uh, and 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 investing in the, uh, investing in them, and this is so pertinent for me because. uh you know our business would at some point um leverage some sort of investing that that we get into is, is this I, i feel like it's a 2018 to 2020 to 2021 uh phenomenon will this continue till 2024 2025 is this something that uh will end because when you hear arthur ray say that yeah he's yeah. like this is here i don't i don't think it's going anytime soon but yeah, i mean look, that obvious um, It, it, it's it is, good, see, right? I, you have to give Arthur a lot of credit for this, right? Because mm. um, the reason I say that is, mm. you and I know this, right? A lot of people do this in 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 our in our market, and uh, you know, not a lot of people acknowledge that they are doing it. Um, yeah. What Arthur is effectively saying is, I am no one to judge. I am only here to make multiples, right? Um, and that is what I am going to do. Regardless of what the project is, as long as it I can see multiples in it, then I'm gonna go after it, right? And yeah. that's again like a very capitalistic way of thinking. And he's like, you know, my my single biggest shareholder here is my family office. I want to multiply its its value. Yeah. So therefore, that's what I'm gonna do. That is my north star here, right? So don't judge me for like the type of projects I'm backing. And you yeah. know, I mean, I'm 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 again, I'm no one to judge him for wanting to do that. Um, will such opportunities exist in crypto? I I think it will because it's very open source and. Um, um we still can't make sense for like uh, the meme coins or you know um, a lot of stuff right so um um so i i think i think there is an open space for that to happen um will it happen as much as it did in 2018 to 2019 i don't think so and the reason that i i i say that is um if the fed doesn't print as much as it did in the past and if the rates still stay like you know at 3 to 4% for a lengthy period um then access to capital becomes difficult right and when access mm-hmm. to capital becomes difficult it starts flowing uh, relatively into the more uh, promising projects and less into uh, the speculative projects right even if it does then you know if it was like a two week pump and dump it will probably become a two day pump and dump right so <laughs> less and less people will want to um, 
be part of something that is so fleeting so so i think it will be less it will still be there okay <laughs> another thing that he said was so crazy okay so he was like uh, uh, oh and i i will definitely not lead i want no such reputation for myself if uh, if some other big fund and my friends are investing in it i'll put some 50 to 100000 dollars in it he's not, not even he's not even hiding it anymore dude <laughs> like <it> was, yeah <laughs> i can see i mean as as a fund we right we hmm. uh, um we we go very deep into diligence as you may know right yeah. and yeah. um we've not had any um or like any of the sorts right and um we, we anything that things even like five percent we don't even touch it right and that's hmm. a very specific decision that we as a fund have taken but again you know these these projects do get funded out there man so uh you know um uh, everyone has their own different way to look at this no oh, well. well on that note prashant swaminathan thank you for elucidating the existing world that we live in i am less uh i am betting against btc doing that because hopefully at some point i feel common sense will prevail like if we don't learn from the history the mistakes that we made in the past uh you know i i feel like we have not progressed at all and i think that the world has progressed and secondly my um my belief in technology and what it can do uh is is definitely increasing and so there is one interesting concept that, that i do want to kind of kind of share here and there is one essay that Uh, has really given me uh, you know a lot of uh, a, a lot of food for thought there was one of the big ai researchers at the time who wrote a wrote a paper where he said something to the effect of uh, work is for machines living is for humans right and uh, where he makes the case for an ai driven world uh, where um, all the work is done by artificial intelligence and smart machines right because they are machines they don't need a break the productivity is you know 100x yeah. uh, and companies are taxed slightly higher because mm. their costs uh, their human resources costs have dramatically gone down yeah but a large part of that a large part of that capital that has that the now that now the governments actually have goes into universal basic income where it is not that i am paying you so you can live off it it is that your basic needs and dignity Yep. is covered by certain amounts uh, by uh, by certain amount of money right yeah also uh, if also if work is done by machines then people are not doing work right so you need some sort of income <laughs> yeah exactly and then you can produce art you can do creative things and that is the that is the world that andrew yang for example spoke, spoke about quite heavily in his uh, i think was it 2020 2020 the recent the last us elections the one before biden's mm. uh, he at no the biden's elections is the one where he actually spoke about it where he was one of the democratic candidates and said that we have to move towards a world of uh, of ubi because it's not the immigrants that are taking your jobs it is actually just lines and lines of robotic arms that are sitting in uh, that are sitting in the amazon workshops that is taking that that, that is taking away your jobs right now which uh, makes me that that really makes me believe that uh, you know that it's a radical change but it's better than war you know so yeah uh, it yeah. is hopefully hopefully better sense prevails uh, i've been ragu this has been prashant i think that uh, this is a wrap for our return episode i think we got to be a little more consistent with this next week yeah. uh, we will have a very very interesting guest on board that kind of delves deeper into regulation uh, but until then signing off 
this is normie one and normie two prashant see you later see you guys Thank you.